Hello again, and welcome back to The Help Show. For our Hey Mama series, episode nine, I would like to introduce Ms. Sonia Thorne, an internationally recognized licensed clinical social worker and the director of Family Nurturing Center of Texas. Ms. Thorne comes with a wealth of experience with a long history in training foster parents, as well as working with multiple university departments, school districts, and community partners on behalf of children, families, and the frontline staff for Help Start and United Way. In reference to our topics, we discussed key tips for parenting, such as mothering, discipline, and nurturing, and most important for mothers, how to take care of yourself. Enjoy. Hi, how are you? Just fine, thank you. Hi, how's everyone? We're doing really, really great. First of all, Ms. Sonia, um, the health show wants to say thank you so much for taking the time out to interview with the show to help us spread awareness about, you know, being a mom, how how tough a job it is, um, just basically, you know, helping young women around the world, around the, the nation, understand that being a mom is a tough job and that it takes a lot of love and, you know, nurturing the child you know, in order for a child to be able to have great development, you know, when they get older. And so I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm beyond humble that you have taken your time to just, you know, interview with the show, first and foremost. Yeah, well, thank you all for having me. <laughs> so let's get straight to these questions. So, Ms. Sonia, how long have you been in the field of social work in your line of work? And, and also, what are your credentials? Okay. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, so a therapist by trade, clinical therapist, and the director of Family Nurturing Center for Texas, of Texas. I've been in this type of, I've, I've been doing this type of work for about 20, 25 years um, now. Oh, wow, wow. And I know last time that um, we spoke and then I saw you, you, were, you did um, um, a class, your nurturing class with YAP, which was phenomenal. And I learned so much <laughs> from your class. You know you changed my life, Miss Sonia. <laughs> you know oh that, right? <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, in my, as the director of the Family Nurturing Center of Texas, I travel actually internationally and um, train other professionals like yourself um, mm-hmm. that work directly with uh, children and families and specifically children and families that either are going through some mental health issues or families that are wanting some parent education help or agencies that are either state, government, or local agencies that are working on behalf of child abuse and neglect prevention, intervention, or treatment. Um, so that's pretty much what I do um, every week. And okay. I really enjoy it because I get to meet amazing people doing amazing work in the field and, and all working really hard and passionately to care about children and families uh, in their designated states and their designated agencies. Uh, so I'm okay. humbled by the work that I'm able to do and the kinds of people that I'm able to meet. Uh, so oh, I wow. enjoy what I'm doing. Oh, wow, oh, wow. Um, so I know that you are a mother and yes. you are a grandmother. Yeah, so how those beautiful grandchildren, because I know we had, um, when we did the class, her, so beautiful, you know, when you talk about your grandchildren, your face just lights up with joy. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I joke around that as grandparents that are trainers, we get a captive audience and we get the big screen. So you don't have to ask to see my children's pictures or my grandchildren's <laughs> pictures. I flash them. And so, yeah, so you were, <laughs> you were in the audience when they were flashed to you. And, yes, I am. I'm a very proud mother. I have two, I have two biological sons. Uh, and then I have a young lady that I mentor, and um, I continue to be in, in, in the role of mother for her, even though she's just 10 years younger than me. Uh, and with her, she has blessed me. She blessed me with my first uh, granddaughters. Uh, so oh, Layla, wow. is, Layla is uh, five and uh, about to turn five, and Ellie is about to, is two. And so they are a blessing. And then my two sons blessed me with um, my two grandchildren, my two grandsons, Connor and Orion. And so they just turned one year old. So I'm a busy nanny, and then I have two, three other grandchildren from my husband, and that's Myra, Andrew, and Adam. So we stay busy uh, trying to get them to come see us or going to see them. Uh, and so, yeah, they are, they are quite some joy. And I always tell folks, being a career mom, uh, with my two sons, I felt like I did it with some ease. I enjoyed it. I was very, very available. Um, but this yeah. grandmotherhood's got me going. I kind of am ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be with them every day. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing so much. <laughs> you know, as we get older, we recognize how much we miss. So I don't right. know how I'm doing with this whole grandmother stuff, but yeah. but I'm surviving. You like you're you're the fairy you're the fairy grandmother. You like the best <laughs> grandmother ever. <laughs> well, I, I try to be. I try to be, and so we try to. Our weekends are pretty much spent with one or, or as many as we can get at one time. So that oh. becomes, yeah, yeah. So with you being a mother and a grandmother, what does what does it mean to be a mother to you, Miss Ayan? So when I think about the title of mother, you know, I think of it's a female role model in parenting. And to me, parenting is a verb because there's lots of people that mother children. Um, it doesn't have to be their biological mother. Uh, it's just a female role of the whole idea of the verb parenting. Um, so, you know, I, I, I believe that there's lots of people mothering. I think our teachers sometimes are mothering our children. I think... Um, you know, aunts and uncles and older siblings and, and foster parents and, you know, adoptive parents. I think a lot of people mother. But to, be, but to me, to be a mother, it means to be emotionally available first, caring and loving. Uh, to me, that's the most important thing. A lot of things can be overcome, even overlooked sometimes, if you are an emotionally available mother and your children know far most that you care about them, even when you don't like their behavior. And I think that's a right. real important part to being a, to, to motherhood. Um, to be a strong disciplinarian, too, I believe. Um, you know, I, I think to be disciplined ourselves and around our children, is, that's how children learn discipline. It's not so much something we do to them, but it's what they see in us. And so I think that that's very important. I think it means to also model appropriate ways to love, appropriate ways to manage when we are hurt, uh, and to be able to show a range of feelings, um, easy ones and difficult feelings, but in a mature, nurturing way. Um, so I think to me, motherhood means to educate, to discipline, to show healthy awareness of self, more importantly. 
Um, so I think a lot goes into mothering, but I do see it as a primary, as a primary role that a female takes on in parenting children. Oh wow! So how do you nurture your child? You know, you being, you know, how do you nurture a child without being being their friend, or is that even possible? Because I know that you said you know you have to be a disciplinary, and sometimes being a disciplinary, you can't be their friend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, that's a real. That's one of those kind of issue or conversations that you'll hear different things, you know. So in my opinion, I will never be my children's friends. I'm friendly okay. to them, and um, if they need me to be a friend for a conversation, I can try to be. I can, I can be a good – what that means is I can be a good listener and not put in my mother input. But that's even right. a very difficult thing to do, even when I have attempted to do it with my older children. Uh, you know, they have asked me, I don't want you to – parent I just want you to listen and I I try really hard but I am their mother uh, and I'm not their friend and I strongly believe that children of all ages need friends that are their age peer age friends um, not their parents their parent that's two totally different roles to be a friend and to be a parent uh, and I always say it's if you're being your child's friend that I'm wondering who's being the parent because the child needs a parent more than they need you as a friend. Um, so I don't think you can play both roles and I don't, even as my children get older, uh, I don't ever see myself. I mean, my, my son right now is 29 years old and it's still very clear um, that I'm not, I'm, not his, I'm not his friend, I'm his mother. Uh, and, you know, I think it's almost, it's come even more real with uh, the young lady that I, I'm a mother figure to her. You know, she has right. friends and she does things with her friends and she's very clear when I'm invited, it's because I'm invited as the grandmother to the children, uh, not right. as her friend. Uh, so to me, those are, yeah, I don't, I don't think you could play both, but I sometimes hear parents say, um, well, my daughter's my best friend. And I, I always, right. you know, there's a little red flag, but I always remind myself that that mother could just be trying to verbalize that her and her daughter have a good relationship, you know. Uh, So I take the time to kind of observe and look at, is that a concern? Is that an area that they might need my help if I'm their therapist or if I'm their parent educator or parent coach? Um, Because sometimes we say words like that, but it's very clear that the child knows what role they play in the home and the parents know what adult role they play in the home. Um, and that's what I think is important. Adults should play the adult roles and children should play the children role even as they get older. Um, the, re- the relationship does change a bit when you're older, um, but it doesn't change into a friendship. It just changes into a different type of mothering, I believe. Hmm. And, you know, with, with a parent being a child's friend, have you seen relationships that basically have plummeted because the mother's trying, you know, so hard to be the child's friend? Or do you see, or have you seen a successful relationship from, you know, the mother being the child's friend? Like, is there a 50-50 chance that a I really relationship... Yeah, I really don't see that. I, I really don't, hmm. and I'm not... You know, in all the years that I have worked with families and many different families from all walks of life, I've never mm. seen a situation where I thought, oh, well, that mother and daughter are great friends or that son and mother are great friends. Um, the healthy roles that I see, the whole healthy parenting that I see over and over again in all types of families 
is where the adults do know their adult role, and that adult role is that of a parent, not of a friend. Um, so I don't think it's a 50-50. But again, that's just my opinion. You know, other folks may have other opinions. Um, but I, I strongly believe that children of all ages need mothers uh, and need fathers. They, they make their friends with their peer friends. Okay. So with that being said, what's more important, structure, structure or discipline? When you know raising a child, for the child to be more to have a more structured life, you know you get up, you go to school. This is what your role is. This is what's going on, or dis, you know, or basically just discipline the child from for all, you know, what the child does. Well, let me begin by saying that I think that nurturing and discipline are one. I don't feel okay. that you can nurture a child you do not discipline, and I do not okay. believe that you can discipline a child you do not nurture. I think you can punish children you do not nurture. Um, hmm. So to me, discipline is, is it's based on a relationship, that the child cares what the parent thinks, and, and the parent is consistent with the child about loving the child, first of all, the nurturing part. And then when the child goes astray or when the child does something the parent doesn't approve, the parent can, in a proactively, not reactively way, let the child know and discipline the child appropriately according to the child's age, according to the child's understanding and logic, and according to what the purpose is. What is it that we're trying to teach? What's the long-term goal? Uh, I always tell parents, you want to first, before you discipline your child, you want to keep their self-esteem in mind. And don't do things to your child that's going to damage their self-esteem. And by what I mean by that is damaging a child's self-esteem is by belittling them or making them feel less than as a human being. Secondly, I tell parents, keep in mind the parent-child relationship. Don't put fear and anxiety in your child's body. Where we might have been raised with a level of fear and anxiety that possibly looked like respect, where our times were very different. I'm not saying that didn't work. I'm saying that the times are different, and therefore we have to do different things, uh, different ways to discipline today's child. And today's child has a huge number of anxiety running through their bodies, a huge number of fear running through their bodies that we as parents don't need to put any more of that in their bodies. And then thirdly, right. I tell parents, before you discipline your child, think about what is, what is that you're trying to teach that child for the long-term goal. And when you've got that in mind and you've covered the first two about their self-esteem and about the parent-child relationship being intact, then you should be able to discipline your child however you want because you're not going to be abusive, you're not going to be reactive. It's going to make sense to the child, and the child is going to learn because of it. And so to me, that is discipline. But when you think about structure, that's more on the environment that the parent's creating, in my opinion. If you create a, a structured environment for a child, then the child grows up understanding that structure is best. If you create a chaotic world for a child, when the child learns how to live within a chaotic world in a very stressful, high-stress high level. Um, huh. And that's not, and at different times of age, that's hard to, for a child to succeed when there's that much stress in the home and that much chaos. So structure, is, is, to me, is on the parent. If you want to raise structured children, then you create structure in your own life and you model that right. for your child from day one. Um, routines, things as such. You create healthy routines for them around bath time, around eating time, around bedtime. And when you create those nurturing routines around those things, that's the beginning level of creating structure in a child's home. Okay. So you, so basically you can, you can tell those children that, that come from a very chaotic home or abusive home because 
their behavior or there isn't, you know, there isn't, they're not doing things in a structured way that an adolescent should do. You get where I'm coming from? Like, they don't, yeah. They they don't go to bed on time, or they they sleep late at night. Or instead of someone, instead of them having a parent that says, you know what, bedtime is at eight, we're going to bed at eight. Instead of the parent letting the child, you know, go to sleep at one or two in the morning, and then hearing arguments and seeing fights, you know, I, the yeah. question I have for that: how does that how does that harm the child? Because that seems very harmful for the child. Right. Yeah. Well, any time, I mean, think about it even from, look at us as, as adults. When my needs are not getting met and I didn't get a certain amount of sleep and I didn't eat my regular meals and I didn't get my emotional needs taken care of, I tend to not be at my best either. Right. And that's what happens to children. If you imagine that day after day after day, that's right. not healthy. That's not healthy for anyone, more or less a child. So, you know, setting those kind of routines for them is one of those things that we need to do because if a child's needs are not getting met, that's when they're behaving. If a child doesn't know where's my next meal coming from, who's going to be there to love me, is somebody going to provide love for me every day? And if that's not consistent, then then children are not acting consistent either, right? That's true. Yeah, the environment has to have some level of structure and consistency um, for the child to learn that. And we have to start early. But even when we're not able to start early, we can start later. I mean, the, the power of awareness brings about choice. And even to the teenager, uh, if he's, if you can put it in such a way to say the reason you're not at your best at school, the reason you're not at your best with your siblings or with your mom or with your dad or with anyone else, it's because you're hungry. You're hmm. sleepy. You know, mm. no one's paying attention to you every day. The human body needs attention and affection every single day. Even people, sometimes we say, well, the child's kind of quiet and shy to himself. Yeah, that doesn't mean that the child doesn't need attention from his parents. That just means that right. the child may be a little more quiet, a little more shy, a little more introverted. An introverted child doesn't need parents less. They, both types of children, all types of children need attention from people who love them consistently every single day, and that's the foundation children need. And when they have that kind of consistency, usually with that type of consistency comes a higher level of empathy, comes a higher level of of structured environments and nurturing routines and things as such. So what are the three qualities to, to help mothers be great moms? Like what qualities do mothers need to, you know, mother well since, you know, Empathy is one. What are other yeah. qualities? Well, and I think part of that, when, you, when we say empathy, that's such a big, broad term. I think what creates empathy in people is waking up daily and being the healthiest self you can be. So you can be the healthiest in whatever role you can be. But that's all of us, and it's no different for, for mothering. Mothering is a, parenting is a role we play, and the healthier we are as human beings, the healthier we are in playing a role. So if the mother can wake up every day and say, today's a new day and I will, be the, I will work on being the healthiest version of myself, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and whatever that means, because to each individual, healthiest version of self, it's the in- self that knows what that's like. Um, right. But if a parent, I would say that's the first quality. The first quality is healthy, par- healthy people make healthy parents. That's right. just plain, I can't put it any simpler, and that's how it works. Um, I think the other thing is parents recognizing that even though they don't spend as much time with their children because 
the children are older or just because they're working moms or whatever it may be, that they recognize that quality time is very, very important. People have said that through the years. But now I even add some more to that when I say it. I say quality time without distractions. And Hmm. that's a difficult thing because the world has so many distractions for us. I mean, we have distractions in our hands 24-7. So if you're just getting four hours an evening, Monday through Friday with your children, because sometimes that is what working moms get. By the time they get home and the kids go to sleep, they may just have two or three hours. My suggestion is on your way home, take care of yourself. Do what you need to be the best person you can be so you walk through the door as ready to be the best mother that you can be. And that means put away distractions and spend that two hours that you have with your children, emotionally available with your children. So I would say first, take care of yourself. Second, really look at quality time without distractions. Put down the cell phone. Put down, don't answer the phone necessarily. I know that seems crazy, but people can do it. You don't have to answer every text. Sometimes we get in this habit of that we have to answer every text when it comes in. No, because the text on the other end is not more important than the child in front of you. Don't turn on the TV. Don't turn on, turn on music, dance, sing, eat, uh, cook dinner together, clean house together, then get ready for bed together. Do all those things together because you only have those two hours out of the 24 hours of the day. They're sleeping some of the time. They're with other people the other time, now you have them two or four hours. Spend that time. When you wake up in the morning, recognize you only have one hour, if that, with your children. Spend that one hour away from distractions. Thirdly, I would say learn and work hard, practice to love unconditionally. We say that, but we, it's a very difficult thing for all of us to do, to love self unconditionally and to love others unconditionally. Because that means to love ourselves even when our behavior is not good. Love our child even when their behavior is not good. We can love the child and not like their behavior and discipline the behavior, not the child. And that to me is very, very important and it's something we have to practice. Uh, I practice that daily um, because it doesn't come natural for us. We talk about loving unconditional, but very few people actually love unconditional. So it's something we have to work on, especially with yeah. our children. They have it's to so know easy to say them. than to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and so, I, I'm sorry, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. That's, yeah, no, please add. And, you know, I just feel that it is so hard to be selfless, you know, yeah. and being being selfless to your child when you're trying to make sure that you have the nurturing, you know, that you have the nurturing that you need because in order to be your best self, you do have to take care of you in order to take care of a child. It's like when you're not doing well, like you said, how can you nurse that child? How can that child get the best you? How How, you know, how can a child do that if you're not taking care of yourself? So I think that was very important that it's okay in my opinion, which is you're the professional and I'm not, <laughs> but oh. to be a little, but to be a little selfish towards your own needs in order to to have better needs for your child, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I think that's just healthy parenting because you're realizing that you can't be good for anyone, and there's a lot right. and children depend on you uh, when yeah. you're not healthy when you're not healthy yourself. So 
Yeah, to me that's a that's a real important one. And and what goes along with that is is self love. We've got to self love to self care. Yeah. Um, and so and that's a real important one is is to is to love ourselves. We tend to see ourselves as all the behaviors that we've done in the past and continue to do, versus seeing ourselves as human beings that deserve love twenty four seven. And sometimes we have we have, first we have to love self, and that's not easy either. Hmm. So how, you know, with loving self, how does someone get over being, you know, poorly treated by their mother? Because now you come into a place where you have to have self-love. And I know that for what I've seen, especially in the industry that I am in, is that when children are mothered poorly, it comes out in their day-to-day actions, you know, and it's like it's like they're fighting the world. So how... Does someone, how does a child, not even a child, how does a person in general, how do they get over being, you know, um, mother poorly? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing is I, I, we can see from the outside um, that people have been possibly mothered poorly. We can see that from our side looking in at them. Right. But that's a real difficult thing for us to own as people, as human beings, mm-hmm. And, and we see that over and over again. Our mother is our mother, and um, it takes us a while to recognize that, okay, maybe our mother wasn't the best mother. That's a really difficult thing. And to me, that, when you ask how do you, how do you get over being poorly mothered, first, mm-hmm. the first thing, which is easy in one sense, it's the second part that makes it the hardest, is just recognizing that we are a product of our environment. Uh, right. And we have to accept that and own it. Um, that's the first part. And the second part is the hardest part, and it is waking up every day and working on being the best versions of ourselves, being very consciously aware when we're not and immediately work on changing or making amends. Uh, because when we are aware, that gives us the power of choice. But it really is a choice. Nurturing is a lifestyle choice. People can choose to be that way or they can choose to say they're not that way and it's because of their childhood. Yes, the child, your childhood does, you are a product of your environment and your childhood, but that's not your destiny. That is only determined by you not wanting to work on it. Um, no, it's not easy. It's not easy for anyone. And the more of those hurts that you have in your that came during your childhood from parenting, the, the harder it can be. But it's not impossible. People do it all the time. Uh, right. And people work on it all the time. And there's many, many ways to work on it. You can read books if that's something you do. You can hang around and be around positive influences. You can watch shows that show good parenting skills. Or you can sh- watch shows that show bad parenting skills and point those out that you don't right. want to do those things. Um, so it really is just a power of choice, but first there has to be that awareness that I think we we in the field of mental health, we take that for granted saying that, of course, that that person knows that she's doing this, this, and that because it was done to her, or of course that person knows that what she's doing is wrong, is hurtful. Um, and so it's easy for us on the outside to see it, but I think when people finally recognize for themselves that they are the product of their childhood and now they can be whatever they want to be, and they get to decide. When they make that decision, then you see them really beginning to, to grow in that way of parenting because they realize they have power. You know, right. they have the power of choice every single day. They don't have to 
continuously be going back to, well, this is the way my parents were, or, well, I'm parenting better than my parents were. Well, yeah, every generation should do better for the next. But you can determine what you're going to do for your children because that is all on in your hands, in your power, not anybody else's, yours, yours alone. The relationship you have with your children is your business. Right. That's true. I uh, remember we spoke about earlier about um, – about working moms, I kind of wanted to kind of rehash back on that, kind of go a little bit backwards. Um, when when mothers are working moms, does it affect the, ch- the child in a negative way? If so, how? And if it affects the child in a positive way, how? Because I know that, you know, I'm thinking, which I'm not 100% sure, but does sometimes being poorly mothered, does it have something to do with a mother working too much? You know, taking the attention away from the child, taking some of the affection away from the child. Um, you know, because you know, my mom was born into um, my mother's semi one. We I talked to her earlier, and how the generation gap is so different. And I always wanted to know, does that affect being a working mother? Does that affect the child behavior? Does that affect the child mentally? Um, if so, like how? Um, in a positive way, in a negative way, because I know there's not always negative, and I know there's not always positive. I know there's a balance between those two. So I kind of wanted to kind of touch on that with the yeah. with the working mothers, because yeah. you're a working mom, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, most moms of today are working moms, and we have amazing children growing up, and we have amazing adults who have grown up from working moms. So right. does a mom working affect a child? A mom doing anything and everything affects a child. But is it, is it negative or is it positive? Well, it depends. It depends if it was the mom able to ensure that the child was being taken care of by loving people that cared, uh, that were, you know, that all the child's needs were getting met wherever they were at. That's an important thing that a mother can, can, make, can ensure that that's happening with her children. Uh, then it's important to, going back to what I said earlier, when the mom is home, how is she spending her time with her child? Because right. it's that quality time that's making a difference. So, you know, I can't, uh, if you read anything or find anything that says it's a negative or it's a positive all the way around, um, I don't know. I, I, those would be red flags to me because I, I know a lot of amazing, you being one, and you had a working home, you know. There's a lot of yes. amazing young people that I see today whose mom's parents worked. And so they showed these young people just like we show our young people when we're working that it's about waking up every morning. Nobody needing to wake you up. You wake up every morning right. and you go to work. You get busy being busy right. about life and things that you have passion around. And when we can right. show our children that, that's we're teaching them what it's like to be an adult. To be an adult is to wake up in the morning and do the very best to take care of yourself and take care of those you love. Uh, and right. I think that's what children learn. So I don't, right. I don't see it in a negative. When when it is a, when I see it in a negative is when moms have to work two or three jobs and have no availability to their children. Then that becomes an absent mom, and that's really sad that we live in a society where moms feel that they have to do that just to put food on the table. Um, right. Again, we could sit there and blame the mom. I blame society if we're going to blame someone um, <laughs> because it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that moms have to work two or three jobs just to make enough m- money to put food on the table and put clothes on their children um, because that makes it real difficult for that mom to be the provider, and on top of that, be the best mom they can be. It's just a real difficult. 
And right. and then when it's a single mom, that makes it even more difficult, right? Right, uh, right. Yeah. But, yeah, so, the, I mean, that's, I just see way too many amazing young people um, that were raised by, and people that were raised by working moms and to make me think that it's a negative thing. Because you also, you know, with the help show, we always want to touch you know, all perspective, all everyone's perspective, because some women think still that women shouldn't work while they have children. And then some women feel that you have to work, especially with, you know, prices going up on gas, water, and air, and everything else. Yeah. You have to work. And sometimes you have to work more than one job, two and three jobs. And mm-hmm. I, I want people to know that it's okay if you work two, three jobs. Just have a balance. Even if mm-hmm. you have a one, you know, two jobs, just have a balance and be able to be able to, Put your child, um, I don't want to say, should I say, I don't want to say first, but you should kind of put your child first because your child, especially if your child's an adolescent, they're in that developing stage, and they sponge everything that they see. They sponge everything that you do, and you being around and you being constant in a child's life is important. So balancing, you know, having structure for that child is important. So what what would you, what advice would you give working mothers to remember? You know things to remember most when parenting their children. Yeah. To again, you you pretty we've already summarized and you even said it best is that yeah they have to take care of themselves. They have right. to take care of themselves to be the best self that they can be, and then they can take be take better care of their children. And I think it's that quality time that we talked about that when you are around your children, your children need you. They miss you. You've been right. gone all day. Um, they children miss their parents, and how do they show that? Well, sometimes it's not with the healthiest behavior, but that's because when children ha- don't get their attention, don't get their atten- need for attention, emotional needs met, they tend to show you all kinds of behavior to tell you that they they need some loving. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, children need those needs met, and they need them met by their parents. Uh, the emotional need of a child needs to be met by the parents. So when your child's not getting that need met, they're going to show you all kinds of behavior. Uh, so it's very important that you're emotionally available when you are available with your children. And then the other thing that I say is um, pay attention to what you want more of. If you want your okay. children doing certain things, pay attention. And when you see them doing those things, as small as they may be on some days, when you see them doing those things that you want them to be doing, stop what you're doing. And let them know, acknowledge, and let them know that you're glad you saw that. Let them know you appreciate that they did this, this, or that. Um, That should be really, really important because that's that quality time. The children don't come into this world knowing what parents want from them. They usually know what parents don't want because we tell them, don't do this, don't do that. But children need to be told what to do instead, too. They need to be told, this is what mommy wants you to do. When we get home, this is what we're going to do. So plan and prepare your children for success in the day by telling them this is how it's going to run. This is what we're going to do when mommy gets home today. And then go ready to receive them and meet their emotional bank account because their emotional bank account is empty when they get home to you. They've been in schools, private, public, it doesn't matter. They've been away from you. So they're depleted from their emotional level bank account and therefore you need to that's our job as parents to kind of fill that back up for them for the next day um so i just again when you're having to be a working mom we all have to be there um do whatever you need between the time you leave work and you get home to get your needs met in a very healthy way 
in a way you would want them to, when they're your age, get their needs met in a healthy way, and then be ready to receive them and excited, not just ready to receive them, but excited to fill their emotional bank account because you've done what you needed to to fill yours outside of their presence, outside of their time. Now when they're in your presence, it's your time to, to fill their emotional needs. So with you being in this field for 25 years, what are the greatest mistakes um, that you've seen parents make? Oh, good. That's a that's a big one because you know <laughs> that's a big one because you know as parents, to be honest with you, as parents, we all make mistakes. Yeah. We all make mistakes, and there isn't you know there isn't this book. And if you find the right book for one child, guess what? He gets older, and he's a whole different child. Or you have another right. child, and he's completely different. <clears throat> so. I mean, mistakes should be, just like we say when raising children, mistakes should be tolerated. They should be acceptable and tolerated. That's how people grow and that's how people learn. Right. I think for the same, same deal as parents, it's an, it's an evolution. We're evolving as parents. We're a continuum of change and learning. And there isn't such thing as a perfect parent um, because parents are perfect just because they're human beings. There's no such thing as perfect children. Children are perfect in nature. But this idea of perfection in behavior it's not it's not humanly possible for anyone. Why would it be for parents? We're going to make mistakes. And I always tell parents, we're going to make mistakes. You're going to make many, many mistakes. The thing is that when you're aware of the mistakes you made, immediately try to do better. Immediately take responsibility. Immediately apologize and make amends to your children. There's nothing wrong with apologizing to our children. But we're going to make mistakes. And if we can, if our children know we love them, and truly love them for who they are, not what they do or what they don't do, who they are, then every mistake we make is tolerable. And we can be, it can be overlooked sometimes and it can be overcome. But right. it has to be that we have that emotional connection because without that com- emotional connection with our children where they feel loved and we feel loved by them, then mistakes become trauma. They turn into trauma events for children and parents. But mistakes are going to happen and and I can't think if you were to ask me what's the biggest one mistake a parent can make that means the one mistake a parent can make that is almost impossible for a child to overcome is to not love them unconditionally every single day as much as possible because that's what children need and from that recognize be easy on yourself as parents you're going to make mistakes we all do and we're not going to raise perfect children children are going to you know people sometimes say well Sonia you're the nurturing parenting you've been doing this the nurturing program and it's all about nurturing and this is that you must have the also nurturing children and your grandchildren and all your children must be just perfect I'm like no no and um, you know that don't look at it that way because my children are no different than your children there are children going through developmental stages, and our job as parents is to get them in one stage healthy and out of that stage healthy into another one healthy, uh, and they're going to do. My kids have done at least one of them, everything everybody else's kids have done. They're going oh, wow. to make mistakes, and that doesn't mean that they're bad children. That just means they're that. They're children. They're supposed to make mistakes to learn, uh, and, hmm. you know, and so... I think the mistake would be that if they didn't feel that they had my love and they couldn't come to me, then maybe those mistakes that they've made or mistakes that I have made would be traumatic events for them, and they wouldn't overcome them, and they wouldn't uh, bounce back, or they wouldn't um, overlook some of those mistakes their mom made or makes. 
Um, but because there's that love between us, I believe that they can do that, and I've seen them do it, and, and I've done it with them, and that's what parenting is. So from this interview, what message would you like every mother to know and get from this from this interview? And if someone wanted to contact you or get your, you know, get you to interview or ask questions, how to be a better mother, you know, how would they contact you? <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any books that you want them to read <laughs> or, like, or anything like that? So well, the floor so is yours. <laughs> I would, a couple of things. So I would suggest that, that they recognize that all parents could benefit from parenting classes. Today, parenting today's child is very different than parenting yesterday's child. So, you know, we tend to have a negative connotation to parenting education. We tend to think that only people who are really failing in parenting need parenting. That's not the truth. All of us need parenting. So accept parenting help from people. Go to parenting classes. Learn as much as you can. Continue to learn and continue to grow and be the best mother you can be. Be easy on yourself when you're not. And always and always make sure your children know that you love them even when their behavior is not the best, even when they're not doing the things you'd like them to do. You still love them. You might not like their behavior. Always make sure you're saying that and you're doing, and you're doing things to let them know that you love them. Uh, and seek out parenting help. There's lots of different places where you can seek out parenting help now. And seek those out. Attend a parenting class. Uh, be okay with being in a parenting class with different types of parents, parents that possibly aren't doing as well as you or possibly are doing better than you. Be willing to sit in those spaces and learn because we can learn from everybody about parenting because they don't come with manuals. We don't know what to do. Um, so, you know, I suggest that we just continue to, to wake up every morning, be the best version of ourselves, continue to wake up every morning and love our children with all the love that we can and, you know, and continue to be the best role models for them because our children learn from us. They learn from us what it means to love and to be loved. They learn from us of what it means to to behave this way when you're angry or behave that way when you're stressed. That They're watching you and they're learning. They're sponges at all different ages. We can't expect them to um, handle their emotions when we're not. We can't expect them to work well under stress when we're not. We can't expect them to turn in their homework when we procrastinate. We can't expect right. them to pay attention to us when we've got our phone in our face more than we've got our children in our face. And we right. just can't do that. We have to be the best role models we can. And as far as, um, as and, I, and I truly believe that all parents out there are wanting to be the best parents they can be. And if given an opportunity, all parents would display happy, healthy interactions. It's just we don't have enough opportunities for parents out there. And when we do, we tend to lecture the parents versus trying to empower them to be the best they can be. Because parents have within them everything that they need to learn and grow on behalf of parenting and on behalf of their children. They have it within them. They just sometimes need a support system. So if there's any parents out there that don't feel that they have a support system, a parenting class can be a support system. But find a support system. Find other parents that, are, that you see that are parenting in healthy ways and try to mimic and help get help from their behavior. That's a real, to me, that's a real important one. Um, I can be reached at www.texasnurturingcenter.org. Uh, that's our Family Nurturing Center of Texas website, and my information is there. I can be reached through email there. Um, we're going to eventually do a parenting blog there. We just now 
I had to take down my website. It was hacked into, and so I'm getting it back up. It's been a process, and so probably another couple of months we'll have it in its best shape. And at that point, if parents want to reach me there or ask a question on our blog and we can answer it, I would be more than willing to. Ms. Sonia, I want to say thank you so much. This lady is amazing. And what makes Ms. Sonia so amazing is she she takes the time to, she does answer your questions. If I have a question to ask Ms. Sonia, she actually takes the time and she answers those questions. Ms. Sonia, I know you travel and you're super busy. And first of all, I want to, second of all, I want to say thank you so, so much, you know, for taking the time to interview with the Help Show to continue to spread awareness on how to have a happy, healthy parenting life, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a parent, but I help you know conduct a lot of help with with the parents and with mothers and even with fathers, and you know learning from you and your nurturing classes actually has taught me so much, um, and you know every time I speak with you, every time we talk, I continue to keep learning some learning something from you, and um, I just want to say thank you, Miss Sonia. I'm, I'm extremely humbled and very grateful right now. Um, and I want to say thank you for interviewing with the Help Show. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you. And y'all have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. And happy Mother's Day next week. Y'all. Oh, sorry. I'm just like looking at him like, bye. Look. <laughs> thank you, Miss Sonia. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. For more information, visit our website at thehelpshow.com. Thanks for listening, and please stay tuned.